Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have a special guest today, Amy Miles, who I was introduced to recently through the Abortion Survivors Network, which we've told you all about before. We've done events with Melissa Odin, the founder and director of the Abortion Survivors Network on the road. We've had guests on the show who are part of the Abortion Survivors Network. And, and I, as a pro-life speaker with my little humble podcast, want to continue having on voices and individuals who I call our sort of escaped uh, convicts from the prison of progressivism, <laughs> the voices and individuals that were never supposed to escape the ideological concentration camp of secular progressivism. And nowhere is there a greater example of that than abortion survivors who, who are called a choice, but they're not a choice, they're a person. And when they survive an abortion, they sort of uh, call into question the entire premises that the culture of death is built upon, which is that these are not persons. It's reproductive health care. It's not a baby. It's a blah, blah tissue, it's a non-person, it's a subhuman, except when they survive an abortion or bear the injuries of choice, then the culture has to contend with reconciling their bigotry with a person that wasn't a choice. And so I think Amy's story is really going to bless you and encourage you. She's a wife, a, a mother of two beautiful children, and a resident of Oregon, a very dark state like California. And Amy survived an abortion at approximately 28 weeks in 1980. Like many abortion survivors, it's only been in recent years that she's learned about her survival, including the medical records that detail the procedure and her birth. As a result of the abortion procedure that was started, Amy sustained a brain injury at birth and has lived with a disability ever since. A voice for life, Amy is a member of the Abortion Survivors Network and was the recent face of a nationwide ad campaign to tell the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Buckle up, you're in for a treat. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. <laughs> Amy, welcome to the show today. Hi, thanks for having me. That was a wonderful yeah. introduction. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thanks. No, well, thank you for making the time. Um, as the listeners of this podcast know, Amy, um, Melissa Odin has been uh, working with abortion survivors um, all across the country and the world, helping them heal and helping them find their voice. And when I became friends with Melissa back in, in 2020 and, and had her initially on the podcast, I was just so struck and, and humbled and, and really um, mourning uh, over the, the reality that abortion survivors have to contend with. And, and we've talked to abortion survivors about this, like having to live in a, a country with an administration that tells you that you don't have the right to be alive. Um, and and that the act that nearly took your life wasn't wrong, it was justice. It was justice, and it was your mother's right to pay someone to try to kill you. Uh, I, I can't imagine what that's like as, as a survivor of abortion to have to, to, it's, to have to deal with that. That's not fair. And, and so I, I've, I, that's why I want to do all that I can to give abortion survivors a, a bigger platform, opportunities to speak, to challenge the culture of death, to share their stories, because your story communicates um, more than often I can do philosophically because it's so self-evident. Here I am. I survived the forceps. Gotcha, culture of death. What are you going to do with me? Like, it, it, just, it just brings those self-evident truths 
that human life begins at conception and the same me now is the same me I was in the womb. It just brings those, those, pre those self-evident truths back to the surface. And so, so Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for your voice. Um, I just want you to tell your story because each, each uh, story is different uh, of, of an abortion survivor, uh, wildly different, in fact. It's, pr it's pretty incredible sort of the different ways that this has happened to people. Um, but before we get to that point, uh, start from the beginning. What's your story, Amy? Where are you from? What's your family background? Uh, and just walk us through how God has, has had his hand on you these many years. So uh, I often refer to my beginnings as having two beginnings. And I know now that it was really a second chance at life, um, my second wow. beginning. The first part of the story starts with a young woman who found herself in an unplanned pregnancy situation. And I don't know the specifics of what was going on or if she felt supported or had any support or was pushed into choices, but she had made the choice to uh, have an abortion and uh, end her child's life. And that child was me. And so I survived, uh, started abortion procedure in 1980. Um, I don't know the specifics, but I do know that an abortion procedure was started and uh, I survived, and, it, and the records tell me that I was a viable infant, and I can tell you that the wow. me that was inside her womb is the same me that is sitting here talking to you today. Um, a couple months later, I was connected with a family who had been trying for years and years to have their own uh, family. They wanted a family. They were heartbroken. They'd struggled. They had about two or three years where they went to bigger city um, adoption agents and they got wow. turned down for for both of those and they were just at their wits end and didn't think that that was going to be their future um, and uh, my mom had a neighbor that literally ran across the street one day and said hey hey I know I know who's got babies you gotta go see her you gotta go see her um, and my mom being just at her wits end was like I can't, I can't do this anymore I'm, I'm done I can't do wow. it moved in her heart because a couple, I don't know how long, but it wasn't very long, she decided to give this woman a call who was an adoption agent, and she's an absolutely fabulous person, a big part of my life, and uh, so she visited, and she said, because she's a, my mom is a go-getter, and she still is very feisty, she said, look, mm -hmm. this is what I want, I want a baby, and these are, don't call me unless you have one, and, and unless it's <laughs> rock solid, I don't want to know. So then they got a call that um, the baby uh, in my first beginning of the woman that had an unplanned pregnancy situation and made some choices. And here I was. Um, that was me. And so I was placed with my mom and dad, um, which I think I've always known my entire life that it was part of God's plan. But I have I had and still have quite a few why is, why is this? Why is that? Why yeah. am I this way? And why, why, where, where did I start? Um, so my mom is a nurse by trade. She's retired now, but that was part of the reason why they paired us up because my parents knew that I wow. was born early. Um, and they knew that I would need a lot of special care. Uh, right. starting out. So they paired me with my my mom, who actually has no interest in babies. She loves babies, but she was working with adults on the other end of the spectrum who were at the mm. end of their life. And wow. here she was with this tiny baby 
and uh, wow. figuring things out. Um, they are the best. They're, uh, I'm very, very thankful. And I think this whole process has really made me truly thankful, like deeply thankful, thankful to be here, thankful for life, thankful to be alive and wow. thankful for God's provision and protection in my life. Um, I don't think I'll ever understand why I survived and countless others don't have that opportunity, um, yeah. have that right to life, but, um, God's given me a task and, and I'm, I want to speak truth. I want to speak wow. the truth that, you know, as soon as conception happens, that's a, that's a human being that has right. separate DNA that from separate from mom and dad, you know, I had my yeah. own DNA that, that determined that I'd have really cool green colored eyes and <laughs> you know, blonde hair and, and that kind of thing. And so I, that's one truth that I want to speak to that human life starts at conception. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Uh, another truth is abortion is the ending of a human life. Um, living in a country where we are really, really good at, um, speaking up for marginalized, marginalized populations. One that I don't right. feel like we do a good enough job for is the unborn. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the understatement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to speak up for them because they are not, um, they need voices like mine to be heard and yours to be right. heard. So, right. and then the other truth that I wanna speak to is abortion isn't the best option for mother and baby. There are other options, and I think as a country, we, we need to do better at rallying behind women um, right. and, and giving them options that that my birth mother may have not even known about, the yeah. you know, of life, and I think yeah. life is better. Yeah. So. That's right. Well, you're yeah. you're 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 far uh, you're far kinder than I am, uh, Amy. Of, uh, of course, abortion is not uh, the best thing for mother and baby because hardship never justifies homicide, um, as I like to say. You don't kill people because life gets rough, um, and so um, it, that's one of the most interesting parts about. Um, abortion survivors experience is what you just said, living in a society that is almost obsessed with believing victims. And you, you, I mean, you know what I mean by that? Like to the point that like Christine Blasey Ford, we have to believe her. She's obviously a liar. Brett Kavanaugh obviously didn't rape her at a party, whenever, you know, the, the lies they bring out to stop pro-life Supreme Court justices from getting on the Supreme Court. But this obsession with, we have to believe victims. We have to believe victims. We have to support victims. Un unless your mother tried to kill you in the womb. If your parents abused you as an infant or a toddler or a teenager, then the culture left, right, Republican, Democrat, they rally around you and they say they want to support you. Um, but if you survived actual forceps that were intended to rip your arms off your body, um, then you need to shut up, right? Y your your story is inconvenient <laughs> because you're compromising our abortion-obsessed narrative. And so I appreciate, uh, Amy, your, how you're using your voice and speaking out. And, and that happened uh, to a large degree recently at the end of last year, right? Um, or and last fall with the Susan B. Anthony list. Uh, was it uh, $10 million or $20 million ad campaign all across uh, Internet, social media, and TV to tell the Supreme Court to, to overturn Roe versus Wade or to uphold 
the Mississippi um, gestational AJAC, the 15-week abortion ban. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that? Because uh, that was a huge deal. I mean, this is a new world to you, and you went from from starting to use your pro-life voice after learning your story, of course, to be in the face of this nationwide ad campaign. And, and what was that like, and how did God use that for you? Gosh, that was a neat experience. I I honestly, um, I think growing up with a disability, I've had I've had hardships. It's you know I'm I'm honored to have this life, and I and I will do my best to be grateful and thankful for it. But man, when you have um, when you experience a disability and you have things that that um, things can get rough, and so my my. I tend to doubt myself, but all throughout my life, whether it be teachers or, um, you know, counselors or anybody who say, right. Amy, I think you can do this, uh, I would rise to the occasion. Now, I did also have teachers and, and pings, people in my life that knew it was hard and oftentimes would think that I couldn't do this. And this right. have, the ad for Susan B. Anthony was much like that, um, hmm. where my friend Melissa just called me up and said, Hey, you've got what it takes. I think you can do this. And I was like, "Oh, she, she just spoke. She spoke the words that I needed. Of course, sign me up. I'm ready." Because I, yeah. I just wanted. I want the world to know when I said that my life matters. I meant right. everyone's life matters. Everyone's, and uh, the countless others that didn't get the, you know, didn't have that chance mm-hmm. at life, and yeah. we're not promised that life is going to be great and that there's not yeah. going to be hardships, but we don't have the right to be God and play that role of who gets to survive and who doesn't. Oh, these That's ones right. over here, they're okay. They're okay to have, you know, we're going to keep these, but these ones over here, we're not. That's that's, right. that's not okay with me. And, and, you know, I'm still processing and getting through what all this means. But the one thing that I've always known is there's a truth out there and I have to, I have to tell it and That's the right. world deserves to know. So, so when, right. when that, when Melissa said, I think you have what it takes, I thought, okay, I'm going to do yeah. this. And so I flew on a plane by myself, which I don't do. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that, uh, without kids, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my kids. I love them to pieces, but it was, it was kind of fun to have my own trip. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, just being on screen is something that I, you know, I'm naturally introverted and quiet, so I don't know if I'll ever get used to that, but uh, wow, yeah, Um, I just, I just want to be a voice and I want, I want people to know the truth. And that was definitely what I was doing, stepping out for the the Susan B. Anthony, this dad. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh, it, it reminds me of of uh, this quote. I forget I forget the reference, but something like some people are born great, some people acquire greatness, and some people have greatness thrust upon them. And God often is looking for people who don't have aspirations to be great, to be in the limelight, but for people who are willing to be used to say yes to righteousness, to say yes to speaking truth. And those are my favorite stories um, because you know that the humility and the heart of someone like that is just for righteousness, is just for life, is just for God's purposes. And I think that story is a wonderful example of that. It's not what you were looking for. It's not necessarily what you wanted, uh, but, but you said yes, and, and God, uses the, God uses people who, said, who say yes, and that's a really cool story, Amy. Um, so I, I want to go back, uh, sort of rewind a little bit here. 
um, and discuss more about your story because uh, you've mentioned that this is newer for you. Is that last five years? Is that right? That you have started mm-hmm. actually learning your story. Um, and so uh, let's rewind, Amy, and go back to just your experience growing up. Uh, one, um, did you know that you were adopted? Was that part of what your adoptive parents shared with you? Uh, and then, and then secondly, you know, what was that like? So, yeah, I always knew adoption was a special topic in my, my, my household. I, I mean, I even had like the, I think late seventies book, but why was I adopted with the seventies characters and the orange and the brown colors? And it was, told that I was adopted and I was also told that I was born early because I'm sure that I had questions for mom and dad like why do my legs not work right why why can I hear um so I knew those things um but I always had a desire to have a face that looked like mine I always kind of looked at family pictures and wanted to line up you know sons and daughters with their moms and dads and and um boy I love my mom and dad and they were always be my mom and dad but I did have question marks um throughout my life but and I always think I when I ask questions mom and dad would get a little bit emotional and kind of um you know, a little bit intense. So I knew that was there, but I always figured that that was because they had to raise a child that had difficulties growing up. And that was hard. It was hard for me. And I'm sure as a parent now, I know that watching my own kids struggle, it's hard. Um, so I just kind of kept not, not ask those questions. And really I had a great mom and dad who loved me. So I didn't need to, um, ask those questions. It wasn't something that came up on my mind very much. But when I had my own children, that was when I really started thinking about my birth mother. And I wanted to find her because I was so thankful to have babies of my own that I wanted to reach, reach out to her to let her know. And that was when, um, in 2016, when my mom came over and said, Hey, you know, I want you to know this from us. Um, and instead, because she knew I'm stubborn and I would find as much information wow. as I could. And she wanted to hear it from me. And and uh, I was in shock. I just didn't think that that was yeah. my origins. I, I, I don't right. know. Like, But at the same time, a lot of things made sense. I was like, oh, sure. okay. The sure. question marks started to kind of, yeah. you know, some of them got fulfilled. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, and I knew... Even even five years ago, I knew that this was a, a, a God thing. I knew the story was bigger than me, um, and I and I knew that right away. And yeah. but I didn't know how to go about doing that. And um, just for the sake of my young family, I kind of tucked it away for a few years because, to be yeah. honest, late at night I was hurting. I was mourning. I think for the first two years I would mourn all the babies. Um, wow. that this had happened to you. And, and I just was, I had a tremendous amount of grief, just yeah. grief. Um, because I grew up in a Christian household and I, and I knew that abortion, I knew I'd heard about abortion. I knew it was wrong. It's the taking of an innocent human life, but boy, I didn't really, it wasn't a part of my life. It wasn't something that I, sure. I necessarily, um, touched on very often. So and, felt, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it didn't really involve me until uh, about five years ago. Wow. <laughs> and it impacted me and, um, so in a Amy, way I, that... I, tell us, tell yeah. us a little bit more about that, that experience, because 
uh, like, and for, for the people listening, like, I, I just, I, I, w- I want this reality to just kind of just really sink into people's soul because, you know, this, this podcast is called Unaborted, right? Like, we're all unaborted. Uh, but for most of us, the majority of born human beings, right, um, <clears throat> our mothers chose life, right? Maybe they contemplated abortion, but then they changed their mind. For many of them, abortion was never on their radar. But for you and Melissa Odin and Jen Milborn and many others, uh, it's like, well, no, I'm like, my birthday is the same day that I was accidentally born alive. Like, what a what a horrible reality t- to have dumped in your lap as a child, mm-hmm. a young adult, at any point to be like, oh, actually, your birthday was the day you were accidentally born alive. Like, actually, the, if surgeons were trying to kill you, but they didn't do a very good job. And so, and so here you are. Like, your mother tried to kill you. Like, I just want the listeners of this, of this podcast to, like, visualize oh. being told by your parent at 25, 30 years old, oh, by the way, your mom tried to kill you. She, she paid someone to try to kill you. You were supposed to be aborted. Your, your, your abortion was, was on the calendar. It was scheduled. But you were uh, that, that, that is so world-shifting uh, that you almost have to rearrange, I would imagine, Amy, uh, all of sort of your mental furniture and your life mm-hmm. ar- around this, this really uh, turning point, if you will, this, this, this focal point of, 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 of who you are, who you were meant to be, and why you're here. So, so just kind of take us to that moment. Uh, you already had kids. Um, you, were, you were a young mom. Your, your mom comes over. And, and what was that conversation like? How did that conversation play out? Well, I, I had the night before I had actually stopped by their house and they lived near me. And I said, Hey guys, I'm, I just wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about finding my birth mom. Um, just wanted to let you know what I was up to. And, uh, instantly they, they were started acting differently than I had expected. I had always expected them to say, okay, but it was a little strange. Um, and, and, uh, my mom was like, Oh, uh, uh, Oh, oh okay. Wow. And so the next morning is when she came over on my day off and, and, you know, had Starbucks in hand. And I was kind of like, okay, you know, inside my head, I was like, you don't ever do this. What's going on? Why don't you <laughs> come on inside wow. and tell me? And I'll, all I can really, um, all I can really explain that day is, is like time stopped for me. So, you know, um, the, the world just stopped and I was, and I, I think I was in shock. <laughs> I just wasn't, I was processing, I was hearing what she was saying, but I was just like, uh, what, you know, <sighs> and this, yeah. and this world becomes so numb to what is happening around them. And I was one of those people. I was always pro-life, but I had no idea how evil the industry was and how they, what they're doing. And, um, you know, just the fact that that wasn't an attempt on my life, which is, I think in and of itself is hard for some people to understand because it's, it's easy to watch on the news about a story about somebody having an attempt on their life or having their life taken. Uh, but, but they don't necessarily look at the unborn the same way. Which, which is just to me is one of the big truths. Like, no, no, we gotta, we gotta step back and look at that because that's an attempt on my life. Um, and, and I, 
I'm human and we're all human and we make choices that we don't like. Um, but man, we've got to say what it is, uh, if we're going to move forward and do better. Um, so, so I, I can't even, I don't even know if I have words to explain what that was like to hear that, but it was earth shattering time stopping. Oh, my life is going to be so different. And I knew right then and there, I was just like, I know my life is going to be different from this point. And uh, I think I've been, you know, unraveling that as I go along um, and and just moving forward, but trying to do it, uh, trying to speak truth into people's lives so that they hear and listen. And, you know, hopefully I'll help somebody who's in a a planned pregnancy situation or just in a pregnancy situation in general, um, choose choose a different you know, choose life because life yeah. is better. Yeah, that's right, Amy. Um, I I want you to share a little bit about um, the the physical toll of the abortion attempt on your life as well. Um, Melissa has often shared that most of abortion survivors survivors wounds are internal, and I would imagine that the internal wounds of learning that your mom tried to kill you, that your, your parents, uh, one or both of them, tried to pay someone to kill you, um, would be a, a harder weight to carry than any physical damage that's done. Um, but for many abortion survivors, they don't bear the physical injuries of choice. But some of them do, um, and, and, and you do. Um, you were born at 28 weeks old, um, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 20, any, very early. They don't really know, but like 28 to 30 weeks, um, okay. range. Um, so I, so talk I about was, that. yeah, yeah. So my mom being the awesome nurse that she is, she noticed a mark on my head when they came to see me at the hospital and she asked the doctor about it and they just said, Oh, you know, it's probably nothing. Just go ahead and take her home and watch it. And so, um, they, they did, they, they, she, she took me to a lot of doctors to monitor a lot of different things. Um, one of them was the motor skills in my legs, uh, was yeah. really apparent to them. And, and, uh, but when you're little and developing, it's hard to get an answer. And my mom is somebody that likes to have answers. And so she went to nice. a number of doctors and got second opinions. Like, what am I watching for? What am I waiting for? What's, what is, you know, this is my baby. What's going on? Um, and then about two years of age, I got a diagnosis of cerebral palsy. Um, and for me, that just means that my motor skills were behind and, uh, my balance and my gait is a little bit different than other people. And I had to work really hard to walk and ride a bike and to run. And I'm super thankful to be able to do those things. Um, but even as I get older, those things don't ever go away. And, um, you know, I trip and fall and I try to do things that, um, other mothers my age do. And, and sometimes it's harder and, and I, I struggle. Um, and I get angry, (laughs) especially now that I know that it wasn't something that, uh, it wasn't something that I had control over. Um, and then I also wear hearing aids. Uh, so I get to say what a lot probably more than most human beings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, wow. so growing up with those things was um, was 
different. I, I think when you look at me first glance, I look pretty uh, normal. Right. But but it, as I do things and as we go along, you, you pick up yeah. that there's some things different. And then I think, you know, it's funny. It's, I, I'm an occupational therapist myself. I When I was thinking about work that I wanted to wow. do as an adult uh, and going to school, I knew I always wanted to work with kids. And the therapy room, like the therapy room was always, it felt like home to me because I, I had physical therapy growing up for years and years and years. Um, right. So when I was thinking of careers, I thought, oh, okay. And I even looked at being a physical therapist for a while. And then I found occupational therapy and that just uh, resonated with me. And I really liked mm. that field. And um, I just, I'm so thankful to be able to work with with the kids that I do too, because they teach me about things and uh, with their own hurdles that they have to go through with life. And so um, God put me in a line of work that I, I am very thankful to do, but I think growing up with therapy and, and, and knowing how hard it was to do some of the skills that I, I had to learn and some I haven't, I haven't learned, but I'll never really be yeah. able to do. Um, it was hard. It was hard, yeah. but yeah, that's uh, incredible. I mean, uh, I mean, and of course, you. Know, <clears throat> I'm sure you know. Uh, you're aware of Gianna Jessen, who is was one of the sort of earliest uh, abortion survivors in the limelight, and she has cerebral palsy um, from a, a saline abortion. Though um, I, I believe her uh, cerebral palsy is is a lot more de- debilitating. Um, than, than yours is. Um, so praise God that you've been able to somewhat function more normally. But but the point is, it's like, that was the same you. Because if it wasn't the same you, then you wouldn't be bearing the injuries of things done to the early you. This is just so done. It forces the culture of death to look at you and say, oh, right. Oh, right. Yeah, babies in the womb are human beings. And what happens to them is not insignificant. It is significant, and it's going to mm-hmm. affect who they become. But uh, what a beautiful uh, story and way that God's used you, Amy, especially now in occupational therapy, caring for people um, and being able to do so in a powerful way because of, because of your story and your experiences as well. Do you know um, to, to what degree or what? To what degree did uh, the the abortion attempt um, impact you? Are you were able to get the medical records? Is that right? Can you talk a little bit more about about learning the the details of this abortion attempt on your life, if any? Um, yeah, and yeah. then and and then um, if if you were able to get any information about uh, whether this was more uh, a cause of of early birth or. Is, is the mark on your head, was that the forceps? I mean, do you have any details of anything you learned about that? I wish I could tell you I had more more information. Um, I don't know at this point if, it, if my CP was due to the early birth or instruments used, but either way, um, the abortion procedure itself caused the early birth. So um, I do know that. And there was a pre-adoption um, 
assessment done of me when I was, um, before I was given to my mom and dad that had some information on it, as well as um, early doctor notes that just talk about, and, and it just talk about the abortion procedure being started and a viable infant being born. So that's what I know. Um, I, at this point, I don't, I hope I'll know some more information uh, as we go on, but I do know that, um, that much about my origin story. Well, you know, babies born at 28 weeks um, have a very high survival uh, chance, um, e even back in the 1980s. Um, and when those babies are cared for and, and, and done so well by neonatal, uh, you know, doctors, uh, usually they don't really have too many issues. So uh, I'm not a doctor, but I would guess that uh, it was the abortion, not necessarily the fact that you were born at 28 weeks, which is why, which is why you have cerebral palsy. Um, as we start to wind down, Amy, can, can you talk um, a little bit about um, your, your experience reaching out to your mom? Because I know you have written her a letter, and I know you've shared this uh, a couple times before, but uh, that's, that's a next step. In, in healing to to mm -hmm. to reach a place where where you're ready to forgive or have a conversation with or even desire to talk to your mother I mean you know you know I can't imagine like well here's a woman who paid someone to kill me like you know I'd, I'd be like screw you <laughs> you know like so so I'm so grateful that, that God is working in you and healing you and being able to use you as a more powerful voice to the point that 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 you're you actually want to have that um, that reconciliation. Now, um, I don't know uh, how far along you, you are in that journey with, with talking with your mom, but I know you've shared parts of that before speaking. Do you want to speak to that at all? Sure. So I would, I would love to be able to build a relationship with, um, with my birth mom. Um, I have a lot of empathy, a lot of empathy for her and women who are un in unplanned pregnancy situations. Um, that's still, uh, that's still an ongoing thing, but I can tell you through the healing that I've done, um, being connected with the abortion survivors network and going through the healing curriculum there, it's just made my heart so much bigger than, than when I first learned about all of this. Um, wow. I just, I just have a really big heart for women who are in unplanned pregnancy situations because I know as a nervous mom myself, being pregnant is something that you're constantly, you know, I was worried about it and I wanted the best yeah. and, and to be in that situation and not have support and, and not have the things that you need. I, I can't imagine what that's like, but, um, but I, I offer my birth mother full forgiveness because she's she's a, she's a human like me. We're all human. We we make choices that we don't like. But um, I think the industry itself is what I have an issue with, and I will always speak truth to against the abortion industry itself. But right. my birth mother, um, you know, deserves love and and forgiveness just like anybody else and so i hope that that relationship grows i've written her a couple letters now and and uh i, I sure care about her as being wow. somebody that's been in this situation and gone through the process of learning what i have um i really do care about her wow that's amazing um have you has, have uh, you had any interaction with her at all a little bit, a little bit, but as you can imagine, I'm, I'm 40 years old and <laughs> I think she was pretty shocked. <laughs> um, and I'm right. not sure what she was told. Uh, 
you know, I, I definitely right. suffered trauma, and I, and my guess is that it was pretty traumatic for her as well, going through the abortion procedure, and I'm not even really sure what she was told about right. whether or not I would survive, whether or not, not I'm here. Um, wow. So you you can imagine that I'm very aware of, of how this impacts her and her family, and I'm, I think, you know, abortion just steals purpose from from you know, the world. And, yeah. and it, and it's, it has a generational impact that just goes on and on and on. And, and I, I'd love it. Right. I'd love to see it stop. Uh, I think that's one of the big things that I, why I wanted to do the Susan B. Anthony list ad was that, um, you know, we know far more than we ever did in our medical advances today than we did when Rose started. Uh, we know the preborn and how it's impacted, what, what it can feel, what it looks like. Uh, it's so outdated, and uh, I just I think I wanted to, I wanted to do I wanted to share to the world that we can do better. Yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, Amy, as, as we as we wind down here now, um, I, I wanted to give give you a chance to talk a little bit about um, how the role that Abortion Survivors Network has has played in your story. Um, so you become involved with them. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about what that experience is like and, and your work with other um, abortion survivors as well? Yeah. So actually, I learned about Abortion Survivors Network through my, my sweet husband. He was a trooper through the last five years. I can't say it's been easy <laughs> on the family, right. but he would quiet. He knew it was my story, and so he would give me time and space to deal with it, but he would just kind of gently, quietly say, hey, you know, you're not alone. Um, you know, there's others out there like you. Um, you brought up Gianna Jessen. He, he was like, hey, look, you guys have some really similarities here. And I would always kind of be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, late at night when everybody was asleep was when I would get on my phone and scroll and, and do research. Yeah, yeah. And so I think in a point of really sadness and desperation, I reached out to the Abortion Survivors Network, not really uh, knowing what to expect. I thought I'd get like a generic email back or something. And um, and Melissa sent me a really heartfelt email. And um, we've just been, it's just been a really integral part of my healing ever since. Uh, you know, being connected with people that, yes, people do survive abortions, being connected with them and learning from them, hearing their stories has just given me strength to kind of go forward. And then Melissa developed a healing curriculum that is just been wonderful. Um, yeah. It was hard. It was hard, but hard to work through. But uh, exactly what I needed and, and uh, give me courage and strength to speak out. Um, not yeah. something I ever thought five years ago I would be doing, but, yeah. uh, like I said, right. God given me a task and, and through the, the healing process of being involved with abortion survivors network, um, and now trying to help other survivors, uh, we're hearing yeah. about survivors, you know, all the time that are coming forward and, and being able to be a support for them and say, Hey, you know, I get it. I get what you're going through. And yes, each one of our stories are different, but, um, there's, it's so comforting to, to have that. I get it. I get it. You know, from somebody else. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's powerful. Amy. Um, lastly, last question for you. Um, as, as, as you continue to, to find your voice and speak out, we're excited to see how, how God uses you, um, to, to speak life and a message of hope, 
um, in such in such dark times, but particularly in this administration that is uh, seems hell bent, uh, Amy, on um, on m ensuring that states don't even have the right to write their own legislation on abortion. Of course, that's what Roe versus Wade did. It said, you states, you don't even get to pass pro-life laws. Of course, if the Mississippi 15-week gestational age act abortion ban is, is upheld by the court in June or before, depending on when they release their decision, then all this goes back to the courts. And then we really have to gird up our loins in the pro-life movement because uh, we have no excuse now to, to ban abortion in any state that we have enough Republicans and the political capital to actually do so. But learning your story, coming to learn your story, I guess, firstly, under the Trump administration and now under what is literally the most pro-abortion political administration in American history, bar none, full stop. I mean, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Amy, make, make Barack Obama <clears throat> look like a pragmatic moderate on abortion. And Obama was the most pro-abortion president in American political history <laughs> before Joe Biden. I mean, these people are saying that, like, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is threatening to send in federal troopers into Texas to prevent them from, from uh, you know, enforcing their abortion ban when there's a detectable heartbeat. Uh, you had a nurse that the Biden DOJ uh, dropped a, a lawsuit against a Vermont hospital who, who uh, told this nurse, you help perform this abortion. You get in this and you help perform this abortion or you're fired. Unfortunately, Amy, she did assist with the abortion. She regretted it. And then she filed a lawsuit against this Vermont hospital uh, for conscience violations, right? Like you can't tell someone that. Um, and the Biden Department of Justice dropped the lawsuit. What are they saying? They're saying that, that she had no right and that that hospital had the right to coerce her upon threat of career termination to participate in abortion. I could go down and down the line. I won't for the sake of time. These are just some examples of how pro-abortion this administration is. So uh, it, just briefly, Amy, before we, we say goodbye and thank you so much for coming on, what would you say if you were, you were seated at a table with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and me and Melissa Odin were there to call them bigots and take all the arrows? Um, uh, what would you communicate to this administration that is hell-bent on ensuring that no more Amy Miles ever exist? Gosh, I, wow. I've actually thought of that before. Um, I almost would want to say, will you come here and just touch, you know, feel my hair, touch, mm. touch my skin. I, I'm a living, breathing person and uh, my story deserves to be heard. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, where were my rights? You know, where were my rights when uh, I was in my mother's room? And what about the rights of countless others that that don't get the chance to have their right to life yeah yeah i just i i don't know i it's almost as if they don't see us <laughs> and i want to say let's That's get exactly a little bit right. more tangible here like yeah. feel me right. <laughs> hear me That's right. see yeah. me wow. listen yeah yeah uh, come hug me president president biden come tell me my life doesn't matter that's powerful well, that was your final line in that powerful Susan B. Anthony List ad campaign was uh, that you would want to remind the Supreme Court that your life mattered. Um, and it mattered at every point that you were a human being. Um, so thank you, Amy. Uh, keep speaking life. Keep up the good work. And we pray that you get many more speaking opportunities uh, to share your story. So praise God for you. We're grateful for you, you. And thank you for your time. Thank you. <laughs> we'll see you soon.
Thank you guys for tuning into the show today. Uh, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show a rating and review. Let us know what you think. It really helps us reach more people. If you want to connect with Abortion Survivors Network, go to their website or follow them on social media as well. Um, and if you're a pastor, if you're a pregnancy center uh, director and you're looking for abortion survivors to share their story and get really real about the reality of abortion and what it means for those who have survived it, uh, consider speakers at Abortion Survivors Network or Amy Miles and those who are stepping out in obedience, not out of a desire for the limelight, but to speak life and to contend for righteousness. We'll put the show notes uh, in the show description so you can connect with Abortion Survivors Network and Amy Miles as well if you'd like to. If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash unaborted to check out our, our tiers and perks that you get for supporting the show, which helps us have more guests on, better content, and produce man-on-the-street conversational content where we take these ideas that we equip you to articulate and put them in a conversational format to change minds, change hearts, and save lives. If you want to book me for an event, head on over to sethgruber.com. My schedule for 2022 is filling up quickly. Um, and we have a special church sponsor that partners with my ministry. If you are a youth group, if you're a church, if you're a faith-based high school, and you want to bring me out to do training, to fire up young people in the church to contend for life, but you don't have the funds to pay a guest speaker and travel expenses and all of that, uh, it's a special offer just made available to those who don't have a budget uh, to otherwise make events like that happen. If you're interested in taking advantage of that, you can email me at seth at sethgruber.com, seth at sethgruber.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Thank <laughs> you.